Welcome to the Joseph Barlow Ministries podcast. Here, you'll learn from a real-life dad about raising a family, developing a healthy marriage, and teaching your children to find their purpose. Here he is, Joe Barlow. So, we started pastoring in 2005, and then... um, so the church was up, you know, starting to run. And after two years, I was praying. I said, Lord, is this it? I mean, because you're Lord. So, you know, like whatever you say is fine with me, you know. But is this it? You know, just ministering to this congregation. And and he said, well, I've called you to speak to the nations. And I said, well, how do I get there from here? And he said, and right away, he brought back a prophetic word that had been spoken over me by a, an evangelist prophet guy and, uh, back in 1993, which and the word was, write songs, son, it will be a door opener for you. And so I ventured back into the studio and you know, started getting going on my music again. And then supernaturally, the doors started opening up. Uh, my brother... Andrew, who uh, is down in Texas, and um, he, he texted me or over what, whatever on Facebook and said, would you be willing to meet with a, a pastor friend of mine from Uganda? I said, sure. He said he's up in Chicago at a pastor's conference. I said, oh, great. Just give me his contact information. So we started texting back and forth. And then my brother says, oh, by the way, he's the, the most listened to uh, singer in Uganda but he's also a pastor. And here this guy's about 27 years old at the time. And so I'm like, okay. So I just, you know, start talking to him. I take this guy out to, out to dinner and I'm just trying to go through the niceties of getting to know someone, right? And uh, he goes, and he looked a little agitated or on edge, you know? And then he goes, can we get to the point? <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> I personally didn't know there was a point. I just, sure, okay. And he said, I wanted to cancel this meeting because it was so difficult for us to find a time, you know, that matched. And he said, I didn't want to dishonor you. He said, but the Lord forbade me. And he said, because he wants your voice over Africa. He said, so would you please come to my home? Please come to Africa, stay in my home and preach at my church. And I said, yes, I will. And so, uh, um, I think it was probably four or five. He said, whenever you can get there, we'll be ready. So, um, I think it was probably six months, and then I came. And uh, God supernaturally worked everything out. And then uh, had an amazing time. And I since had altogether three trips to Uganda, and they were so powerful. And literally, one of the trips got to preach to 85 million people at, at you know, just at, at once, <laughs> you know, uh, through the most popular TV show in Eastern Africa, which was, and this, this pastor friend introduced me to his friend, who was the, uh, the uh, head of religious broadcasting at UBS, which is Uganda Broadcasting System. And um, so... <laughs> A lot of fun stories in all of this. But even in that, I still was like, okay, Lord, what, you know, what's the deal here? How, you know, how do I do all this? 
Um, uh, then one day the Lord said, it's time to start Joseph Barlow Ministries. And all in one day, he spoke this into my heart. So I went, I, I took my little, I had a little um, MP3 recorder. You guys remember those, right? And I, I took it down to the lake or down to the, uh, down to the river, was walking around and um, just walking out there and speaking into this thing, praying out loud into the microphone and then praying in tongues and, and then just praying in English and then, um, and then also interpreting the tongues and, and going back and forth in a conversation. So he was talking to me while I was, and I was talking to him, but I recorded the whole thing. Uh, so I could get the direction for JBM. You know, what is the deal here? What am I supposed to do? He said, if you don't do this, he said, there are people who will never be able to, uh, to become what I've called them to be and never be able to do what I've called them to do if you don't take this step. I'm like, okay, so start moving, right? And then I had to pick a board, I had to get incorporated, had to, you know, um, do all this. And then I still remember on uh, March 4th of, I think, 1989, the Lord showed me a picture. He said, start your bank account. And he showed me this picture of a bunch of millionaires standing around a hole, waiting for this hole to open up. And I knew that was my bank account. <laughs> there was all these guys standing around waiting to throw money into that. And uh, so on March 4th, I, I like that date, March 4th, because you, March 4th on March 4th, right? And so, <laughs> um, so I opened it on that date and, um, and God started to supernaturally provide. I got called to uh, go to Liberia. A friend of mine said, Pastor Joe, I want you to come to Liberia and preach uh, a three-day conference with me on God's provision, you know, how God provides for his people. And during that phone call, I did not know what continent Liberia was on. <laughs> I didn't know it was in Africa. I had no clue. I, I, you know, I, I don't know if I ever had a geography class ever in my life. You know, that along with the Constitution. I never had a single class on the Constitution ever. Um, Great education here in America. Anyway, <laughs> so I was about to tell him, well, I'll, I'll pray about it and get back to you. But before I could get those words out of my mouth, the Lord said, do not hang up this phone until you tell him you will go. Like, well, I guess I'm going. By the way, where's, where's Liberia? <laughs> no, I didn't have to. I didn't. I went and looked it up. Anyway, <laughs> and uh, so God had when I. All right. So when this missionary said, you know, he wanted me to go to Africa with him. Then I said, well, how much is it going to cost? He said, well, it'll cost twenty five hundred dollars for my my ticket, twenty five hundred dollars for yours and it's gonna cost us $2,500 to put on the conference because we're gonna to have to pay for it. <laughs> great, great, no, they don't have any money. So um, I naively said, why don't you just let me raise the money for this? <laughs> I, I don't know where that came from or what I was thinking. And uh, so I just put out a letter uh, to a bunch of friends 
you know, I had a list of about four, I don't know, four or 500 people that I sent it out to. And shockingly, just like that, $9,200 came in. I'm like, what is going on here? I mean, that's like crazy. One lady, I knew for sure she didn't have a penny. She had 10 kids. <laughs> she sent me $2,500. I'm like, what is this? What? She said, the Lord told me years ago to send you $2,500. And then he said, wait till I tell you when. She said, as soon as your email came, the Lord said, there it is. Bang. I'm like, this is like crazy. Okay. And so I went, you know, to Liberia. It was just so amazing. So much I could say about it. But, you know, beginning to develop JBM into whatever, you know, whatever was God's plan. I'm, you know, because we have to discover these things. You know, you pray, God will tell you some things. He is not going to tell you everything. Um, I was talking to somebody yesterday. I said, they said, well, I want to go pray about this one thing. I said, I just want to let you know, God doesn't say everything in your prayer time. There are other signals you're going to get from other places, and things are going to happen different ways, and that's going to be your signal that that's, that, that's God talking. Okay? And so, just so you know, it's not all, because we're not all good enough at hearing him, and he's also not 100% interested in just telling you everything. There's some things he wants to reveal to you, and he wants you to go in, experience, experience not knowing the answer and the tension there of not knowing the answer. What do I do? But then moving your heart, and because and, right then, that's a choice. Are you going to retreat into fear? Or are you going to say, no, I'm going to keep going because I trust the Lord. And it's amazing what will happen when you take steps of faith. And so this whole journey with JBM has been like that. And it has been amazing what God has done in speaking to people at different times. Some people sign up for, you know, like a monthly partnership, you know. Other people are like, um, they just sit back and wait until God tells them something. And then all of a sudden, boom, there it is. You know, there's been times, <laughs> I was telling a friend of mine, I said, you know, uh, we had to run payroll no later than Thursday, you know, at noon or something like that, right? And so I wake up on Thursday morning and I'm like, Lord, you have until noon to get me that money because <laughs> I've got to have the money for payroll. And I said, you have till noon. And <laughs> I mean, and I wasn't saying it in a dishonoring way. I'm just saying, Lord, I'm trusting you, but I have to have it by noon. And 11.30 or 11.45, I can't remember which one. There's maybe 11.35, there was. Um, boom, there it shows up on my phone. You know, there was the gift Somebody, God spoke to somebody, and there's the money, right? And so, trust in the Lord. There was one time, another payroll situation. Um, there's this other time. Uh, I woke up on Sunday morning, and I only had $5 in my JVM account. 
Um, so, uh, and payroll was due the co that coming Friday. And it was like, I don't know, I, I forget how many employees I had at the time, but it was probably close to $2,000 or something like that. You know, I, had, I think I had five or six employees with JVM at the time. And so I'm like, okay, Lord, what are you gonna do about this? <laughs> you know, and what do you want me to do? So, so uh, let's see, Monday, somebody, Monday morning, somebody sent in $50. Uh, Monday evening, uh, $500 came in. I was like, well, praise the Lord, we're heading in the right direction. We're not there yet, but Lord, we're heading in the right direction, so thank you. And uh, so then the next day, Nancy and I had, were doing a women's group out in uh, Geneva, and they would always receive an offering for us. And so Nancy was still praying for some ladies in, in the house, and I was out in the car, you know, just waiting for her. So I decided to go ahead and count up how much had come in. I'm sitting there counting that, and I had my phone up on the little stand, right, or the little clip. And while I'm sitting there counting this offering, all of a sudden, on my phone, bing, $5,000. I started laughing out loud. <laughs> I mean, literally, <laughs> laughing out loud. And while I was laughing, out of my mouth came these words in a very firm tone. The Lord said, now believe me for more. Because he wants to do more. He wants to do more. There's, we've got to grow. We've got to expand, right? There's so much work to be done. Years ago, I had a daily show, and I did that for several years, and I still want to do that, but um, I've got to I've got to do it differently now. I did it for I don't know two, three years. I don't know, but it was a long time of doing it every single day. Uh, many times it was live. Most of the time it was live, and then we started, we shifted into a pre-recording mode. Had Glory Joy helping me for a f solid year. Boy, that was a blessing. And then Johnny came, came on board and helped me. And um, so this was all my faith journey, right? I've taken steps, believe in God, and keep going. And so there's times when you have to sit back and just wait and say, okay, Lord, what are you doing? You know, because with JBM, I have my music, I have my books, and uh, then missions, and uh, then all of the online ministry, you know? So, uh, trying to sort all this out and make it happen, and God keeps sending me help, and so I'm just, I'm blessed, and I'm going to keep going. But that's, I just wanted to share with you a little bit about JBM. Um, really, I think the purpose, I've been praying a lot about the specific purpose, if you could say it in a phrase. And I'm going to try this one on. But the, I believe the purpose of JBM is to bring to bear the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the earth. You know, it's through music, through missions, through ministry. And uh, I've traveled to 10 different nations now, uh, you know, just as the Lord would open doors and send me. And he always paid the bill. Except for the first trip I went on when Sarah was 14. I, was, I had to raise $2,400 and uh, $1,200 came out. I was so excited. And I was like, Lord, what about the other half? He said, I want you to have some skin in the game. So I had to pay for, I had to pay the $1,200, you know, out of my own pocket for that first trip. But after that, he has abundantly provided for everything. So um, 
I just wanted to share those things about JBM, just so you have a little bit more background. Um, so, anyway, the purpose of these, this series of uh, talking about family is really, the purpose of it is to bring to bear the ministry of the Holy Spirit in your home, in your family, and in your relationships. Okay? So, that's really what we're going after. And so, God, God in probably November or December, He told me to teach for a year on family. And so we've been doing that. And so I, uh, once again, I chose to, because um, I've done things where you just plow through and then you burn yourself out if you do it every week with never a break. So uh, I, I said, okay, well, there's 13 weeks per quarter. Let me do five weeks on, one week off. Five weeks on, two weeks off, okay? So today is the 10th meeting of the year so far which means the next two weeks. Next week and the following week will be off. And then we'll start right back in the beginning of April. Okay? Just so you know. Um, so let's talk about this tonight. I want to talk about, um, well, let me just say it this way. I was uh, just spending some time in, you know, with my Bible, sitting down. I, I love sitting in my chair, looking out the window. The sunshine comes in and lights my Bible real nice, you know? And I get to just look out the window. But thinking about this process of me just sitting there with the scriptures and just slowly reading, okay, and taking my time. Um, do you know that if you harness a cow and make, make her pull, she'll stop producing milk? I don't know if you know that, but... If you, if you use it for the wrong thing. And we are like sheep, and we're supposed to just graze. We're just supposed to let the shepherd guide us and just graze. And so, as you take the Word of God and just spend time with it, give yourself to it. Don't be in a hurry. Get, your, get some time, because you've got time. Get some time. You know, we all have the same amount of time. Everybody here uh, has 168 hours a week. That's what you got, okay? And uh, you get to decide how you spend it. Um, once again, I was at a uh, management skills training seminar, and this one vice president gets up and she says, write down a list of all the things you've always wanted to do but you've never done. So we all write this list. And then she said, now at the top of the page, I want you to write this. I do not want to. I don't want to write that on there. She said, you've already made that decision. You don't want to do it. That's why you've never done it. You've already decided you don't want to do that. Boy, that was a challenge. Makes you reassess your priorities, right? What are you going to put time into? Well, but see, sometimes people start investing their time in the Word of God, and, and they just go and sit, and they're like, there seems to be static on the line. They, it, it seems dead to them. It's not alive. It's not rich. And, and they're like, I really wish I could read the Bible like Pastor Joe does. He seems to get, he could get something out of one word. When I struggle to, I, mean, I could read a whole chapter and not get anything. Okay? Well, it's more than just reading. Okay? You could consider it a dance. 
you're dancing back and forth with the Holy Spirit. He's leading you. He's guiding you. Let this thing be. A re- this is a relationship. Okay? This is your grounds for a really good relationship. Um, even just like, you know, an hour before coming here, I just sat down uh, in my chair and um, there was still enough light. And I just started reading uh, Proverbs 25. Boy, I enjoyed that. I really, really enjoyed it. The reason I've re- I really enjoyed it is because I've probably read that chapter literally hundreds of times. And I really enjoy it. Well, how have you read it so many times? Because in raising the kids, our, nat- our normal practice was, what's today's date? Oh, today's the 17th. Okay, so let's read Proverbs 17. So we wanted to have devotions in the morning, and the girls were up too late, and they were tired. And Jules had to get up to take a shower. And so at 6.30, I walk in to, I call Oli, Oli, come in. She lays down next to Jules, and I just, um, it was early, and, but I wanted to, I just wanted to take the step of doing it and, uh, you know, of getting the, the word of God. And so all I did was, <laughs> this is probably cheating, but that's okay. So all I did was I, I opened up my Bible app to Proverbs chapter 17 while they're just laying there. I said, now listen to see if you get anything out of this. Chapter 17, better a dry crust eaten in peace than a house filled with feasting and conflict. So just listen. A wise servant will rule over the master's disgraceful son and will share... And this thing goes ahead and moves to the verse for you, which is really great. Fire tests okay. the purity of silver and gold. But the so that's a free app. <clears throat> but I'm, this is part of grazing. Why are you grazing? Because I'm hungry. Well, if you fill up on everything else, and I will tell you, if you go to Facebook first, you'll be full before it's time for your real meal. That's what I've found. I'm not trying to accuse you. I'm just telling you that's what I've found. Okay? But everybody loves to see their friends, right? And see how they're doing and what's the latest, right? But I want to encourage you to fall in love with Jesus and fall in love with the Holy Spirit and fall in love with God the Father more and more, deeper and deeper, stronger and stronger. He really loves you. And I still continually go back to this one thing. My brother had a group of friends home uh, when I was 13. He brought a group of friends home from college. And this one girl said to me, this one girl that came home with him, she goes, Joseph, if you will get one thing from God every day, just learn one thing from God every day, you will grow. Now, if you think about getting one thing from God, and that's like, maybe that's a brick. Well, on your first day, it's like, cool, I got a brick. <laughs> it doesn't look like much. But she said, if you do it every day. Now look at that brick, look at that wall back there. So I've been at this for 45 years, getting something from God every day. Pretty soon, you got a nice looking structure there. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's worth something, right? It, it's, it, you, you develop a storehouse, a treasure house, full 
of things that you can give people. Now, I particularly had, you know, because I have the call of being a minister, illustrations stick with me. I mean, I still remember things from when I was three. <laughs> I still remember things from when I was five years old. I still remember st things in the funny papers when I was six, okay? <laughs> they stick with me, but those things are sermon illustrations. And they've come back to me over and over again. But it's, it's you filling up your storehouse, your warehouse. And it's not just what you know, it's also what you experience and the relationship that you've built with God. So that when it comes time to God asking you to do something, it's not just like, hey, you over there, I want you to do something. You're like, uh, by myself? Uh, okay, well, maybe not, I'm scared. But if you're like this, and God says, hey, let's do this. And then wherever he goes, you, wherever you're at, he's at. Because you guys are like this. I mean, you're just together all the time. So he never asks you to do something by yourself. And you never feel alone. Because it's like this one friend of mine back in college, uh, just to be goofy, he would walk around like this. <laughs> Him and Jesus walking around, you know, just he was being funny. Um, but as I read to you a scripture, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, but out of Deuteronomy chapter 6, where it says, uh, these things that I speak to you today must be in your hearts. Impress them on your children. Okay, wait a second. First, they must be in your heart. Then impress them on your children. If they're not in your hearts, don't bother trying. Now, another, and, and this is going to make sense in a second, but the Lord told me about leadership one day. He said, son, just desire something. Desire something. And then start pursuing it. And he said, once you start pursuing it, and then other people see what you're pursuing, then they're going to follow you because they want what you're wanting too. He said that you'll be a leader if you do that. Just desire something and start pursuing it. Now, let's take that and apply it over to you parenting, your children. If you try to impart religion to your children, they might say, I don't like broccoli. I don't like religion. No thanks, I'm not eating. Well, if you serve religion like you serve broccoli and try to force it on them, <clears throat> right? And then they reject it and they put up a little fight. I'm not hungry. or. Was it you or your mom that used to take the broccoli? Was it your mom? She used to, huh, liver. But she used to take the food and tuck it up underneath, on the, underneath the table on the little ledge there. <laughs> you know? The liver, she would tuck it up under there so, so she wouldn't have to eat it. Um, yeah, I'm sure that made the room smell great. Uh, <laughs> 
But if you serve religion like you serve liver or broccoli and say, it's good for you, you got to eat it. What you're admitting to them is you don't like the taste either. And they learn that. But if you make it fun, see, I knew in 1997, I left my job as a telemarketing manager at Christianity Today because a friend of mine was starting his own business doing Microsoft certified training. And I wanted to do that. And God gave me a pretty, pretty clear word that he wanted me to do that. Good for me to get out of that, get out of that rat race type of thing. Working hard, not making a lot of money. So I knew, uh, he gave me two months to learn the entire language of Visual Basic, take all of the classes, get all the certifications, and then deliver my first class. He gave me two months, full-time salary, to just study. Full and now that's like drinking a swimming pool. It can drown you, it can kill you, or you can do it right. Well, if you're gonna have to drink a swimming pool, which this is more than that, right? This is more than that. This is a lifetime's worth of refreshing, okay? Um, I knew I had to make it fun. In order for me to survive and actually keep my job, I was gonna have to make this fun, this programming, learning how to program. And so we were homeschooling at the time, so I looked up on the wall uh, where we had our homeschool books, and then next to it we had games. I thought, huh, I wonder if I could take that game and write it as a computer program. And I thought, well, that would be fun. And then I was learning, learning about string functions. Uh, string functions in programming is like um, letters, sentences, any string of characters, right? And so <clears throat> I started learning about string functions and how to make all these things work in the program. So we had this one game called Komana. It, you give, it gives you a phrase, and then you have to take those letters and rearrange them into another phrase with, without sparing any letters. You had to use all the letters. So I thought, how could I do that? So then I, I put a bunch of phrases in a box. They could select a phrase, then it would put it in this box. Then they would start typing in this box. And if they typed a letter here that was in there, it erased it from that and put it down here. Now, that takes a little doing to make that happen, okay? And, uh, but I was learning string functions and I thought I'm, I could use this as an exercise. So I did. And when I went and started teaching these guys out in companies and I showed them this, they're like, show me that. I want to see how you did that. Okay. So they wanted to see all my games. And then I made a game where, you know, uh, it would put up six, five or six letters, random letters all at once. And whoever could guess at least a minimum of three letter word out of those characters, you got to move the marker in their direction. Okay. So then I would play against the class. So, you know, I was making this fun. Make the word of God fun. 
Make it desirable for yourself. What would, what would it, what's your favorite, what is your favorite morning drink? Maybe you need to get that before you sit down and read the Bible. Go get your favorite morning drink, whatever it is, you know. I'm not, who knows, whatever, however you like it. But then you go and sit. Something that's going to cause you to sit down and relax. Take time. Take time. And enjoy yourself and start looking. Now, when I was reading Proverbs 25, I was just delighting, especially verse 2, you know, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's the glory of kings to search it out. Well, I've meditated on that verse so many times because it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. What does that mean? God likes to play hide and seek, and he's hiding things for you all over the place because it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. But if you have a kingly spirit, you can search it out. It's the glory of kings to search out those matters. So what does that mean? That means extracting wisdom from heaven. That means pulling wisdom out of the word of God that really feeds you and delights you, makes you happy. It makes me happy when I get something every day from God. By the way, Andrew's got this uh, Facebook group going on where uh, I don't know if any of you are in that, but that Facebook group with the daily Bible, Bible reading. And, um, uh, you know, all those people got those Bibles, and every day he's in there, you know, putting up something cool that he got. And then other people are like, oh, yeah, I got this, I got that. Well, what are they doing? Every day they're getting something from the Lord, right? And they're sharing it with each other. Well, sometimes when the Lord speaks something to me, I was in the middle of a conversation with somebody the other day, and I said, Boy, sin is a very short road to a very short happiness. I was like, wait a second, that's a good saying. So I put it up online, you know, before the conversation, while this conversation was still going, I put it up. <laughs> Why? Because I got something from the Lord. I wanted to share it. It's a great place to share it. Get it out there. Get something from God every day. Make it fun for yourself. Make it enjoyable. If it's drudgery, your soul will resist it. Because you don't want to be bored. You know why you don't want to be bored? Because God made you that way. God made you to want to have fun. He made you that way. You know what that says about the character of God? He is fun. If that rattles your cage, let's rattle it some more so we can break the door open for you. <laughs> Amen? Let's get you out of the cage. <laughs> you don't belong in that cage. Let's go. God is a fun God. He invented humor. Okay? Well, we're all adults or close enough to it, but I'll tell you this, God invented sex. Thank God for that. Yeah, praise the Lord. <laughs> Somebody had to say it, Lenny. Somebody had to say it. Because that was the point I was trying to make. 
<laughs> so the thing is, there are parts of the human body with, that have no other function other than pleasure. So that's the character and nature of God. He wants you to enjoy him. He wants you to enjoy his word. He wants you to enjoy getting to know him. And religion puts a cloak, a heavy, wet cloak on you that just wears you down, tires you out, and makes it no fun for anybody. Uh, we've got to get those apps made. You know, I have, I've got like, how many did I put up? I don't know, like 10, 10 different designs of a, of an iPhone app. So you can play solitaire just with a scripture. Wouldn't that be fun? I think that should be a JBM product. You know, I really think it should be. And uh, because that could, because instead of playing with a deck of cards, you're playing with the word of God. So it's before your eyes. And that will sink in. I tell you, I've got so many ideas about how to do that. And it's pretty exciting. We've got to find somebody to help us do that. Anyway, um, so this thing about seeking the Lord, if your relationship with God is desirable, wonderful. That is contagious. Did you know that? If your relationship with God is desirable and fun, then I guarantee you, your relationship with God is contagious to others. But if your relationship with God is work, and it's not fun, and it's not rewarding, I want to share with you that that is contagious. So, what you going to do about it? Well, I'll tell you one thing. Rejoicing before the Lord, you personally just thanking God, loving him. Actually, <clears throat> I remember when Nancy and I were living in our first townhome, and it was a really poor area. It was really kind of heavily, seemed heavily oppressed, you know? Um, and I just remember in the middle of the day, it just felt so heavy. I mean, there was a little bit of sunlight that came in that, that townhome probably for just a few minutes a day. <laughs> We'd get a little, whoop, there it went. <laughs> Something like that. It was like, oh God, we need some light in here, right? It, it, we just need some light. And so um, one day I was just feeling so oppressed in there. And then I remembered the scripture that says the anointing breaks the yoke. It's like, okay, the, the, the yoke of oppression, right? It says the anointing of God breaks the yoke. So if the devil's trying to put a yoke of oppression on you and just bear down on you, well, the anointing will break it off. So the Lord said to me, do anything that's anointed. I thought, well, the scripture's anointed. And the first scripture that came to mind was uh, Psalms um, 47, I think it is. Clap your hands, all you people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. So here I am in this, this emotionally heavy 
burdened down. I'm all by myself. Nancy was off to work, and I was just there feeling heavy, burdened, you know? So what I do? I started clapping my hands. Because the scripture says, clap your hands, all you people. Well, if, it, if the scripture says to do it, then there's an anointing to do it, right? There's a grace that comes to help you, right? So I said, okay, I'm going to clap my hands. So I, and you know what? I saw it kind of, I could see this in the spirit that it was like dark in the spirit, but all of a sudden, if you've, if you've never done this, please don't ever do it. But if you could imagine somebody taking two um, uh, jumper cables, they've got it hooked up and then they go, they smack them together. Don't ever do that, please. But the sparks fly. <laughs> they really do. Um, don't do that. <laughs> bad, 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 bad. All right? Don't do it. But uh, so you got two positively charged electrodes here. Start smacking them together. Sparks are going to fly in the spirit, right? You start shouting unto God with a voice of triumph. You're changing the atmosphere. As you change the atmosphere, you're taking control of it. You are actually being the agent of change. And you can do this in your home. You know, ladies, they say that the mother is the, uh, the uh, she sets the tone in the home. Well, in, as they say, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. And that's just the way it is. That's just absolutely true, as far as I can tell. Okay? As far as I've seen so far, that's absolutely true. So, um, uh, maybe we should just start tickling you, Nancy. You know? <laughs> maybe they should tickle your wife. You know, I don't know. Just get her happy. What's going to take? And ladies, if you're feeling oppressed, you have a responsibility to change the atmosphere. You have a responsibility. It's, not, it's nobody else's responsibility to make you happy. It's your responsibility to make you happy. All of the happiness is available to you. It's no more than an arm's length away. Because look at this is no more than an arm's length away. Ladies, just clap your hands. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Start singing a song. You know, one day, Nancy was on the telephone with one of her family members who was just tearing into her. And she was crying, Nancy was crying and crying. And uh, I was stewing and stewing. <clears throat> but uh, after after she uh, gets off the phone, she goes in and takes a shower. And then I hear her stomping in the shower. I'm like, what? <laughs> and she, then she comes out, she, she sings this song. After she's getting dressed, she said, I'm not defeated because the devil is under my feet, my feet, my feet. And she was stomping in the shower, singing, I'm not defeated because the devil is under my feet. Okay? She was singing a song. Well, that is called a song of deliverance. You're delivering yourself out of these negative emotions that, let me just be honest with you, negative emotions are only there to destroy you. You might think that negative emotions are your friend. I don't know. I don't think good friends, you know, chip away and dissolve you and, and, and belittle you and make you smaller. 
But I do see that negative emotions do that. So, um, you know, you heard about the guy, the doctor, or the guy that went into the doctor's office. He said, Doc, when I do this, it hurts. 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 He said, Son, your finger's broken. <laughs> So no matter what you do, it hurts if you keep looking at negative thoughts. Those negative thoughts are nobody's responsibility but yours. Ladies, it's not your husband's job to get rid of your negative thinking. Gentlemen, it's not your wife's job to get rid of your negative thinking. It's your job. Everybody's responsible for what's happening between their ears, okay? We've got a responsibility to get our thoughts, tend our thoughts towards peace, joy, well-being. If they're not going there, say, get over there. Get moving. This is where we're going. We're going towards love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. That's where we're going. Remember that out of all the fruit of the Spirit, you got nine fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Love, of course, is number one, as it should be. But do you know what number two is? Joy. The second part of the fruit of the Spirit is joy. That's not unimportant. That's real important. In your Christian life, better be full of joy or nobody's going to catch what you got. Right? Nobody's going to want to catch what you got. If you're trying to teach your kids and you got a nasty attitude about your faith and you're disappointed in God, man, you need to just go shut yourself up by yourself. You know what we used to do? We used to just go turn on Jesse Duplantis. He had a... He had a, uh, a videotape that was like Jesse's, you know, greatest hits or whatever. It's the funniest, his funniest stories. Laughter is the best medicine. Laughter is the best medicine, yeah. It just all, and we just would turn on Jesse Duplantis and he would make us laugh, 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 laugh. We thought it was so funny. There's some other, uh, there are some other um, uh, preachers who could have been stand-up. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of Mark Hankins, but he, he, he preaches a solid, solid word. But he is one of the funniest guys. I mean, just make you laugh and laugh and laugh. Okay? Well, they're serving it up correctly. Their food tastes great. What The words that come out of their mouth, give me more. Right? Because it's served up really, really well. Man, I just love the flavor. And, and when you love the flavor and then the... It makes digestion easier, and it makes um, the whole process, you know, getting the real nutrition out of that word is so much easier when it, when it tastes great, right? Uh, I love the way Nancy cooks broccoli. I mean, I, I could eat that like probably three times a day. It just, it's awesome, you know, and uh, I would just... Yeah, just give me a shovel. You know, I'm okay. <laughs> you know, it's really good. Well, the same with the Word of God. But sometimes it takes practice as well. Okay? 
Sometimes if you want to read a chapter a day, you think, uh, this chapter is too long for these kids. They're just not going to get it. Okay, let's read five verses. Good. But keep going every day. Three to five verses. Let's just find out what's in the Word. Let's stroll through. Let's graze through. Let's find out what God has for us. Let's go on a search together. Hey, kids, let's go on a search together for what, what can we find. And I, I'm surprised sometimes what the kids come up with. They're like, hey, I thought about this. Oh, so, well, hey, that's really good, you know? But then as you read the chapters over and over again, so like here, Andrew's 30, 31 now. So he left home when he was 20, 20. Okay, so we had 20 solid years of reading the Proverbs. I would say probably 70%, I would guess. Probably 70% of the time we were reading the Proverbs of the day. That's a lot. But it's good because you go back to those things and it's so good and pleasant because it's like, oh yeah, I like that stuff. Let's eat that again, right? This is important. Is anybody getting anything besides me? Is anybody getting anything? Okay. Okay. This is important. Joel chapter 2 verse 12 says, Even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Verse 13, rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. And he relents from sending calamity. Who knows? He may return. He may turn and relent and leave behind a blessing, grain offerings and drink offerings for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, declare a holy fast and call a sacred assembly. So here's this verse um, that the Lord brought me to the other day. Even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart. And I'm like, okay, I thought, I'm, I, thought I was all in, Lord. You know, well, what is he saying? So, okay, Lord, I feel like I'm all in, you know, return to me with all your heart. Is there anything I'm holding back? I'm holding back anything, Lord, show me. I want, I, I want to be all in, right? And uh, <clears throat> so then I said, well, Lord, I said, is there a New Testament equivalent to this passage? You know, <laughs> uh, in other words, Lord, is this a New Testament pattern for, pattern for us to follow? Because he says, you know, Return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. And um, so then he replied with James 4, 8. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. So I'm just going to read you what I wrote. Now, please don't get offended because that was in the book of James. I said, Lord, I don't want to judge James. But he didn't really seem to walk in Paul's revelation. <laughs> Does anybody understand what I'm saying there? James the apostle, didn't, you know, the writer of the book of James, he didn't really, even, even Martin Luther said the book of James should not be in the Bible. Okay? And uh, he, he really didn't want it in there because because James really didn't walk in the revelation that Paul had, okay, of the, you know, the full redemption of Christ and, and, and uh, being righteous before God and we're, we're without sin and all that. And uh, so I said, Lord, I don't want to judge James, but he didn't seem to walk in Paul's revelation, which to me 
Paul's revelation more encapsulates New, New Testament theology. I said, can you help me? Now, there's nothing wrong with having a conversation with God about these things. But I decided to write it down while I was having it. Is that okay? And he said, I desire you to seek me. It, it is the process of you setting your desire upon me and your actions line up with that desire. Come near, son. Draw close. Hear me. Hear me whisper. There's life in the words that come forth from me. You must have this life. This life of going to God and listening and receiving from him. Um, you know, it's great when somebody else gives you a verse or you go to a devotional that, that feeds you and gets you going. But that should only be the priming of the pump. You know, you pour a little water in the pump to get the thing started and then you get the real flow. This is not for you. To, you know, you go to a pump out, you know, out in the wilderness somewhere. There's a, somebody put a pump there. They'll have a, a lot of times they'll have some, a, a bottle of water or something there. Why? To prime that pump, to get the water in the pump, to start the pump going. Because once that pump starts, then the water that's in the earth comes forth. And you use this little bit to get it started, right? Well, get, reading somebody else's devotional book, that's like getting a little sip out of, of revelation off of somebody else. But you want to get that pump started. You want to get that pump pumping the good stuff because Jesus said, the water that I would give you would become in you a well of water springing up to eternal life. And we've got to get this going. So... Um, if you learn one thing from God every day, you will grow. I like getting mine directly from the scriptures. I love sitting down with the word of God and get the revelation that he's giving me directly from the scriptures. It's okay to use a devotional. It's okay to use, I used to use God calling a lot, you know. Uh, that really helped me a lot during college. I would sit down with my Bible and then God calling and... Um, uh, I remember even sometimes uh, I would have a, you know, all my friends were going out to a party or something. I, I said, you know, I'm going to stay in my dorm and just have a date with God. And I would stay back in my dorm room, play my guitar and read my Bible and, and just journal and have a fun time with the Lord. Honestly, it was awesome. And you didn't get a hanger. <laughs> my kids were asking me the other day, Dad, you ever have a hanger, hangover? I was like, actually, I don't, th I, I don't think I ever did. I, I, I cannot remember ever having a hangover in my whole life. Uh, never drank too much that I, you know, whatever. I'm not trying to teach you. Uh, let's get back on the right subject. <laughs> so I was choosing, I was choosing what I wanted. And uh, Jesus said about Mary, because here, you know, it was Mary and Martha, and Mary chose to do the dishes, and Martha chose to sit at the feet of Jesus. Did I mix it up? Mary sat at the feet of Jesus. There we go. Thank you. Somebody's got to do my thinking for me. All right. So Mary sat at the feet of Jesus, and Martha chose to do the dishes. And Jesus, and Mary complained. Martha complained. Mary did not. I'll get this correct. Yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. So Martha complained 
And Mary did not. And Jesus said, Mary chose the better part, and it will not be taken away from her. So, often, in the, in the wives' minds, they're like, well, who is going to do the dishes? Right? Who is going to do the dishes? I'm still stuck with the dishes after he's done preaching. <laughs> right? You still have to choose the better part. Be willing to sit down. Be willing. It's okay. Because Jesus had already demonstrated that he could get the dishes done. He fed 5,000 people. And, and everything got taken care of, right? Um, so Jesus already proved he could get it done. Come on. Okay, so I like getting mine directly from the Word of God. Now, if, you, if you're loving a devotional, keep, keep going on it. It's feeding you. Keep getting fed. But remember, your goal is you want the Word of God to be really alive to you. You want your kids to really believe that your faith is not something that somebody else told you you needed to tell them. You want your kids to see that you actually really love this and it really gets you excited and it's fun for you. That's what you want. You want this thing to be alive because it says again in Deuteronomy 6, it says the things that I'm telling you, these words must be in your hearts. Then impress them on your kids. Okay? So, <clears throat> praise the Lord. So you seek the Lord. You get your relationship with him straight. You get it to be fun. You get it to be enjoyable. Not burdensome. I don't know about you, but if I have to go to church, it's like, really? That goes against my dominion because I'm in charge of my life, right? Well, and actually, I gave up the charge of my life to Jesus, so now it's okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But normally, somebody's like, you have to do this, you have to. Uh, no, yeah, no, I don't. So when you tell your kids you have to go to church, they're like, uh, no, because they have this dominion thing on the inside of them. So you never had to twist your kid's arm to go with you to Dairy Queen. Hey, we're going to Dairy Queen. Hey, we're going to Culver's. Hey, we're going to Oberweiss. You never had to twist their arm. They were the first ones in the car, <laughs> right? Well, the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. So there was this one preacher. He, uh, he took uh, honey, put it on his finger. He said the, the Jews used to do this. When they were teaching the word of God, they would put they would give the kids candy or they would put honey on their finger so that the kids would associate the sweetness of that with the Word of God. They were trying to make it fun. Um, this friend of mine went to a bar mitzvah and he saw these men dancing because bar mitzvah means a son of the law, okay? A son of the scriptures a son of the word of God. And so here at this bar mitzvah, they're out there on the floor dancing, hugging the Bible, hugging the, the scriptures, doing a dance, hugging it. 
What are they trying to do? Make it fun. Make it alive. Make it real. Make it applicable. Make it every day. Make it food. Okay? So if your kids aren't getting it, it might be because you're not getting it. Because you can only duplicate who you are. I could not give birth to Chinese children. Nancy can't either. Because we, we don't have it in us. You can't give birth to kids who love God unless you love the Lord. It's got to be alive in you. Your kids will catch it. More is caught than taught. And that's for sure. Hang around. That's why it's good to come to church. And thank you for coming tonight to this meeting. That's why it's good to come. Because more is caught than taught. My dad told me at the end of my eighth grade year, he said, son, when you get into, when you get into high school, if you find a teacher that you like, Take classes from him, no matter what he's teaching, even if you don't like the subject. He said, because you'll learn from the man. So uh, it almost doesn't matter what I'm teaching up here because God wants to take what's in me and get it into your heart. And you want it too, or else you'd have stayed home. Right? There's something in what I'm telling you that is alive. There's something that when what I'm telling you that is alive, and uh, it's affecting you. Lisa, you changed your mind decided to come. Yeah, I mean, not changed your mind, but when she found out about it, you decided to come. She was in on the uh, next door to Camille, and uh, she was over there one night, and she heard me teaching online, and uh, what we were, we were, all, we were on uh, Zoom, right? Yeah. yeah, we were on Zoom for a couple times. And, uh, and so she was like, hey, let's, you know, so now she's here. I don't know if somebody twisted your arm, but, <laughs> but welcome. I'm glad you're here. If you serve it up well, the kids will love it. If you serve it up sour, they'll reject it. You can love the Word of God, and you can play with it. You can have fun. Uh, like, make it fun for the kids. So I, I came up with a bunch of stuff when, I was, when the kids were little. Uh, I came up with one called the Christian Alphabet. Okay, we, still, we probably need to make a book out of this one too. Always be caring, ABC. Don't ever fight, DEF. Get happy in Jesus, G-H-I-J. Keep loving my neighbor. Obey parents quickly. Uh, resist Satan's temptings. Use, you're all wondering what I'm going to do with XYZ. Use verses wisely and uh, exercise your zeal. I could say examine your zipper. That would be funny. <laughs> but have, you know, just have the kids jump up and down. Exercise your zeal. Be happy. Be full of joy. Right? Um, so just fun things. Uh, memorizing scripture. I just had to make it fun for myself or I was going to be bored. You know, I was teaching a class down in uh, Panama City Beach, Florida teaching a bunch of um, Navy uh, programmers. And I said to them, just so you know, because I had a full 40-hour class I had to teach them, right, in programming. And I said, listen, 
at the beginning of class, I said, there is no way I could talk fast enough to keep you awake and to keep your brain occupied the whole time because you can think way faster than I can talk. I said, so your brain, because it gets bored, will take a vacation and you'll go think about something else while I'm up here talking. And so if I ask you a question, if I call you out and ask you a question and you were on vacation, I said, I'll give you two passes this week. <laughs> you can say, I was on vacation. <laughs> okay, you don't have to answer the question then. <laughs> but the point is, um, your brain is hungry. And your brain is looking for ways. Your, you, your heart really does want to learn the word of God. And the Holy Spirit's anointing, that's a whole other thing. The Holy Spirit's anointing is there to help you, right? To, to, to walk you through, that's how I got through the process, or am getting through the process, is because he's there constantly, and he knows I get bored quick. He knows I'll go on vacation. In my mind, all of a sudden, I'm thinking, wow. <laughs> you know, or I'm coming, I was in a prayer meeting, uh, or no, there was a group of us, maybe three or four or five of us years ago, and I just, I laid down on the floor. We're all praying in tongues, just seeking the Lord, and I'm looking up, it's ceiling tiles while I'm praying in tongues. And all of a sudden, I come up with this new invention for ceiling tiles <laughs> that totally um, fixes the entire HVAC system. And, and, and it's completely HVAC. Uh, it's got the whole HVAC system built into one tile and the uh, a sound system and or not a sound system, but uh, the lighting was all built into one tile. All you had to do was just drop them in there. And I worked out the whole design of how you would connect it. And, and I'm just praying in tongues. Because I get bored easy. But you're, you're, do you know that in, um, on a stage, they can control where your eyes go? All they have to do is start to dim the light here and make the light bright here and your eyes will go right to the bright light. They, they control your field, your vision the whole time. Artists do the same thing with paintings. They, as a matter of fact, they've done studies and they trace where is the person looking. When they first see this picture, they zero in right on this and then they can follow. They know exactly the pattern that their eye will follow when they're looking at a piece of art. Same thing on television. Same thing at the movie. They control where your eye is going because your eye is hungry. The scripture says a man's eyes are never full of seeing. Okay? Uh, well, that could be really good or that could be really bad. Right? It could be really bad. But God gave you a physical hunger appetite, and that could be really good, or that could be really bad. Could be really like my father. I wish he had had an appetite in the last couple months before he died. Because even though they said they got all the cancer out when they did the surgery, they also took everything that would ever make him hungry. And he died of starvation, he did not die of cancer. So he went from 230 pounds down to 96 when he died. That was a bummer. But he died of starvation because he was not hungry. My friends, get hungry. Get hungry for the word of God and get yourself into the Bible because your children's faith depends on it. 
the other people that you know. Listen, if it was your job to spread a virus, you'd want everybody to be around you. If it was your job to spread a virus, well, we got a virus we're supposed to spread, and it's called faith in Jesus Christ. Okay? And people better want to be around you in order that they can catch it. You got to love God. <clears throat> Man. You know, in the Old Testament, it says uh, the number one commandment is, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. Well, in the New Testament, it's uh, not that we love God, but that he loved us. Well, wait a second. It's not that we love God. Wait a second. That was a whole Old Testament. Listen, in the New Testament, once you realize how loved you are, you will love. Once you experience, oh, that's something right there. I just hit something. Okay. Once you experience how loved you are, the love that comes from you is going to be so natural, so easy, so normal. People would tell me, you are such a loving person. And I thought back on, uh, you know where I really think that got deposited in me was freshman, sophomore, and junior year of college when I used to call my brother on the telephone every day. And we'd talk anywhere from 20 to 40 minutes every day. And he was just pouring love into me when I desperately needed it. When I needed it the most, he was there every day for me. Okay? Well, you need love poured into you. Every one of us. As a matter of fact, I'm going to ask you uh, right now to go ahead and close your eyes. Get comfortable for a second. Yes, this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. See, the, the Old Testament commandment gets fulfilled so easily once we know that we are the object of his love. The problem is many of us don't really, or haven't really settled that in our hearts, that we ourselves are the object of God's love. So just keep your eyes closed for a few seconds, and I want you to be, imagine yourself standing, let's just say, on, a green, on green grass and a gentle sun, sun shining on you, not, not, not too hot, just nice. Now, I want you to see uh, that you look down at the shirt that you're wearing, and your shirt actually is a target. It's like got circles, red circles, white circles, red circles, white circles. And the center of it is your heart. You see that? And then you hear the hunter coming. Adam heard the Lord's footsteps in the garden. So you hear the footsteps of God, and he's coming. And he draws his bow, and the arrow has a heart already on it. And he shoots it right at your heart, and it's his love. And it just explodes in you. And you come to this understanding and revelation 
that this was all about his love for you. And things get settled in your heart. The questions get settled. Am I good enough? Well, that's already settled because he's been hunting for you with his love to bless you. Does he desire me? That's, that question is settled. You are the object of his love. He's looking to bless you. Could you ever be worthy of his love? That question is settled. He's been hunting for you. He knows all things. He knows what he's hunting for. You are the object of his love. You are the target of his love. And your job is to simply let that love grow and expand in you. So now I just uh, ask you to just go ahead and keep seeing that love penetrating your heart. That heart that he shot at you, it becomes one with your heart. And then you see your whole body being filled with this. You see your arms and your legs being filled with this light and this love. Yet there seems to be a stronghold in the top of your head. And as that love keeps pushing to fill your whole self, finally, that last stronghold is that piece on the top of your head looks kind of brown as resisting. And his love is so strong. Finally, that last piece pops off just like a cap blowing away in the wind. And you're finally filled completely. <sighs> With the love of God. And you relax in a new way. Because full acceptance is on you now. And realizing the work that he, he started in you, he is bringing it to completion. Because he loves you. You're one with him now, and you are one with his love. Can anybody see that? Can you see that? Hallelujah. I want somebody to share with me what they saw. If they saw something extra. Go ahead, Cindy. I just saw me standing in the grass, and you know those big tents that you uh, pull up and then push down on the kids? Yeah. And that was God's love just coming down. Like a parachute, yeah. Yeah, the parachute. If you're standing outside of it, it he even moved it over to collect all of you and not let nice. you outside of it. Oh, nice. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Who else? What did you see? Anybody? Yes, this is love. Behind me, and then put his arms around me, and then we can teach him to shoot. Teach you to shoot. There you go. Yeah, because we are the target of his love, but then we become the arrow. We become the arrow of his love, and he sends us to love others and bless them. Like I came tonight to love you.
and to bless you, you know? He sent me, you know? Who else, anybody? What'd you, what'd you get? I mean, for me, the air is still sinking in. <laughs> okay, that's good. Nothing wrong with that. Let it sink in, but then carry it on and, uh, and, and let it, sometimes when you're, in, when you're seeing things like this, you just observe. And there's other times where you say, no, I'm gonna move it. Go ahead, Lord, I want, it, I want it in there all the way. And so by an act of your will, you're inviting him deeper into your heart. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Okay, good. Anybody else? All right, did that help you at all, that imagination? Did that help you at all? Okay, good. Um, so let's, let's do, um, yes? I wonder if you could talk to us a little bit about reading the Bible through spiritual eyes rather than just you know, natural. Yeah, well that was really what most of tonight was about is that we are grazing through the scriptures and we're waiting to see what we can see and what he will highlight to us. But you, you start reading the scriptures not from a um, you know, far away place, but he's one with me right now. And literally you can say, the wisdom of God is already in me. Not only does God impart unto us wisdom, but he also imparts knowledge. He supernaturally will give you knowledge. I don't know if you know that, but he will. Uh, he will supernaturally give, he'll put thoughts in your mind. He'll put data in your mind. And that's okay, because he says he can, and he says he will. So, um, uh, so then, if you start from the place of a spiritual mindedness, not this is some man wrote this, you know, some man, you know, some man wrote this. That's a doubt-filled perspective that is not gonna help you at all. Um, my brother went to Notre Dame University and they taught him that this thing is all, I won't use the word because I don't allow myself to use the F word, but he said it's all effed up. That's what they taught him. Oh, isn't that wonderful? He spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. You know what that did to his faith? It effed it up. So they completed the work in his heart. So when I was trying to talk to him about the word of God, he said, it's all effed up. And then after I talked to him about it, he said, I want nothing to do with you ever again. And he has shut me out of his life completely. Okay. You know why? Because he knows what I think of this. That's really why he doesn't want me in his life. He knows what I think of this. Now, I wasn't trying to be offensive, you know? And uh, I mean, he asked me, he said, do you think if I became a Christian that he said I would, I would not be gay anymore? I said, uh, I said, I've seen it happen. I know many people who were gay and then they gave their life to Jesus Christ and, and they're completely set free from that. That made him even angrier. But he was asking me a straight question, so I just gave him a straight answer. Well, 
I'm not. I wasn't trying to push anything down his throat. I was just. He he was pushing me, so I I answered him straight. Might as well tell the truth. So, but we have to see this not as a man-made book, but this is something to fellowship with God over. This is like a meal. You sit down with your spouse or sit down with a friend and have a meal together. You both ingest, you both think about, you both are taking part in that meal together. You sit down with the Holy Spirit and eat together. And he makes this delightful. That's his job. Roger. Yeah, I, that's true. You start with the fact that this is true. Right. Yeah. Your emotions, what you see in the natural, if it doesn't match up to that, yeah. what you see and feel is a lie. Right. That's, that's my approach, too, um, is that if, the, if, if what I see or feel doesn't line up with this, I trust this more than I trust these other things because I've seen situations lie to you before. And something that looks so, have you ever, anybody ever read the book Blink by Malcolm Gladwell? Um, he, one, one illustration, uh, this, this, uh, this museum purchased this particular artifact. They had done tests. They spent like $200,000 or something to do all the tests to find out if this was real. And all the tests came back. Yep, it's real, it's real, it's real, it's real. Awesome. So then they bring in this curator from another museum and they pull the sheet up. And in a split second, this curator from another museum goes, they didn't cash the check yet, did they? He knew in a split second it was a fake when they had done test after test and spent hundreds of thousands of dollars to prove that it was real. And this guy in a split second knew that's a fake. Well, I know by personal experience, this is real. This is real. I particularly like the 1984 edition of the NIV. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> uh, and then they took that off the internet completely, which I'm 100% in disagreement with. But once your Bible company gets bought by an unbelieving company, by a non-Christian company, then they're going to do everything that they can to make the money. So once they took the 1984 verse, once they came out with the new NIV, they took the the nine the NIV 1984 off the market and they removed it from the internet completely to force you into the new Bible, which is lower quality as far as I'm concerned. And it's, an, I wouldn't, when I blink, that doesn't pass the test. I still use it because I can't get this, right? But I'm not giving this up because this is what I cut my teeth on. Now there's errors in this. Okay, just so you know, there's errors in here. You know, what's that? Yeah, translation problems. Yeah, it's, it, and all of those things are easily answerable as far as I'm concerned. But I've been able to fellowship with God over this. Now, I can fellowship with God over the NIV, I, or the King James. I can do it with whatever, okay? 
because you, you can fellowship with God over a blade of grass, my friends. I'm telling you that God could speak to you from a brick in the wall and give you a life illustration that would serve you the rest of your life if you would listen to him. He is the purveyor and the server of truth. I think I've said enough for tonight. Um, Father, I pray for every person here that you minister to their heart and that the words that I've spoken would sink in deep and that there is a transforming work that's actually happening now as I speak. So I thank you for it, Lord, that their hearts are being changed and they really are hungry, 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 and hungrier for you. I thank you for it, Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Joseph Barlow Ministries podcast. This podcast is made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, head on over to josephbarlow.com where you can donate and help us share God's heart for families with the world. And if you want to learn how to hear the voice of God personally, consider taking our Hearing the Voice of God in journaling class. You'll learn to develop an open connection with God and allow the Holy Spirit to guide you through every step of your life. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time.